This week, we're poking the rumor bear for Xbox acquisition season and setting our focus on Nintendo. This is the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. This is a song I wrote about the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. I am your host, Spencer. We've got a fun episode ahead of us. And with me, (laughs) I have to prepare because this is really long, so everybody strap in. With me is a man who often is mistaken for the first child in his family because he is so much better than the true original friend of the show, Chris, of 1S Plays. And this upsets the small group of fans of the true original so much that they have to take to Twitter to remind you why the original is better, if for no other reason than the simple fact it was first. It's my co-host, Mike. Mike, how you doing? You said I wouldn't understand it, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, who am I talking about? Chris Pratt. You're a couple weeks late. I'll allow it. (laughs) Well, according to my digital feeds, everyone is still mad at Chris Pratt for some reason, and I haven't really taken the time out of my life to find out why. Uh, Do do you want me to give you a quick lesson on this, or do you want to have today's intro explained to you? I have to choose one or the other. You'll get the second one no matter what. It's just a matter of do you want to take the time on the first one? We can we can we can talk about Chris Pratt after the show. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, for today's intro, you know how uh, fans of video games are really fucking weird sometimes. No, and by sometimes I mean most of the time. Yes, and by most of the time I mean all of the time. Um, I think it was IGN or Kotaku or it was one of the 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 media outlets that try to drum up some uh drama from time to time if you will um i don't think it was kotaku because it wasn't just outright negative um but uh shin megami tenzai if i'm saying that right is the the fifth game of the series is coming out soon and uh it's the series that perso- the Persona games were built off of. And I th- I think it was IGN did a review for the new game that's coming out. And they basically were just like, it kind of falls flat. It's it's just like, it's, it's like Persona, but it's just not as good. But Persona came after it, and this upsets people. So they got I mad think... about it. So about status quo. Yeah, yeah. What I'm hearing. Yes, but like... They're just weird, you know, like, like diehard fans like that. Like, like, don't go to the Weezer subreddit kind of stuff. I would have no reason to. Because, like, those have people no are weird. To. Huh? Yeah. Like, it's just, well, yeah, a bunch of, to Weezer. it's just a bunch of virgins and me. And, you know. <laughs> Why'd you separate yourself? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like was it was gonna, implied i understood yeah. no that i know i know i know i know uh uh i i was gonna try and come up with other factors but i couldn't so i just settled on on myself um fine virgin strong together yes 
<laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so that was that was my fun. Uh, and it was like video. It's video game adjacent. It's I mean, it's literally in video games. And so I thought it made sense. Um, Chris, if you're listening, please take no offense. I'm just making fun of people who like a JRPG. Boom. Got him. Got him. <laughs> uh how are you how was your week tell me all about forza it's a game that's it yeah it's just a game what words do i have uh you have the sentences (laughs) punctuation all right (laughs) forza is really good um I was going to wait until when did it actually come out? Was it technically today, the ninth, or was it yesterday, the eighth? I th- I want to say it was today because I think I think it was too. I think you would have had to have um, squeezed some of it in just before recording if we were to record today, as we are. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and it did say on Game Pass that it was the ninth. I was going to wait for that, and then with all the hype and how great everyone was saying it was. And the fact that I knew I was going to have at least a little bit of free time this weekend, I ended up paying for the, um, you can basically buy like the premium. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. I think it's like the premium edition. It's like the season pass, a bunch of extra shit. Um, I think if you were to buy the game straight up, it would have been like 120 bucks or something like that. Oh, okay. But if you have game pass, you can just buy the extra content. Oh, and if you do that, um, you got it on Friday. And how much? So did, how much was that then? So was it just sixty? Uh, it was no. It was. I think it's listed at forty-five, but then it was on sale for forty bucks. So good luck getting another sequel, dude. Um, that was like forty bucks. Yeah, that's like honestly, to me, that's kind of like a no-brainer. Like, like move. If I if I were to be given the assassin's creed game for free like i would i would just like and i would get it for free and get to play it early um if i paid 40 dollars, and i would be getting all of the like bonus content that's not just like in the game like you're still paying less than the actual game itself right and like getting and, all that stuff and like yeah i don't know it just seems like a no-brainer kind of move and I'm sure I'll be corrected if I'm wrong, but I think too, like if I were to let my Game Pass subscription lapse, I think because I bought the content, I still get the game. Oh, that's, I that's huge. If that's I don't case. know if that's true, but I mean, either way, I think that's how that works. You're not going to let that happen. So no, God, no, that's, um, that's, a, that's a really, really good deal. Like that's, that's really awesome. Please continue. Yeah, I, <laughs> and you know, you get. I think it's at least two seasons of of content, or two years of content, I guess, because I think the seasons are are rather short. Okay. Um. But yeah, got it. Played it a little bit. Um, Friday evening, and uh, just you know, I think I've played it about every day. It's nice again with quick resume. Like I haven't turned it off since the day I started it. Mm-hmm. So I just turned my Xbox on. It's there um i've played a lot of it i'm probably going on maybe five or six hours i don't know for certain 
um, which for me is pretty good. I was going to say, I love when you say a lot and I'm like waiting and I'm like, is he about, mm-hmm. to, is he about to drop a 20 bomb on me? Like he's already put 20 hours into this thing. And, then, and then, then you come back with single digits and I'm like, okay, that, I mean, that's still a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's especially, yeah, I was going to say, especially for you with how much you normally have going on and like, <laughs> but it's just always funny. I always, I'm always waiting for like, a, like a truly like just massive number. I'm waiting for you when the one day where you go, yeah, I put a hundred hours into this game. Cause that'll, that'll be quite the day. I, I literally, I, I wish I could go into the Xbox app, find out. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I can do that. Like on the Xbox. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, I, I kind of have had mixed feelings about it. Um, I had played a little bit of Forza Horizon four while I was waiting for it to download. Um, cause I had to delete it to be able to install Forza Horizon five. And I was just checking to make sure that I could play it with the progress that I had on, um, cloud streaming. Because that's just because I, I never beat that game. Uh, I think I got it pretty late. Um, and like that was a beautiful looking game. That was I think the first game I played on the Series X, and they updated it so it would even look better. Um, so I played that a bit, and then when uh, Horizon Five loaded, I switched over to that. Did the um, they have you like do the intro you drive four different cars this is what they showed at e3 or whenever they showed mm-hmm. it last and i was kind of underwhelmed i was like this i feel like i remember this looking better um and i'm playing on quality mode i think it's whatever has the lower fps but like ray tracing and sharper graphics things like that okay um it was kind of underwhelmed and i was like this game and i remember having this feeling with forza horizon 4 too when i first started playing it. i was like everything is moving so fast so like the graphics don't really matter to me mm-hmm. but i've been playing it for a couple hours now and i'm kind of getting used to the way things look and holy shit it is incredible like the the level of detail like if you drive through a puddle like there's little tiny droplets on the- oh my god um if your windows are like super tinted in your car, you can literally see like the reflection of whatever's behind you. Uh, if you're like kind of in playing in third person, or whatever. Yeah. Um, the storms are pretty insane. And uh, just the feel of the game, man. Like graphics aside, I, I feel like I need to talk about the graphics because that was like the big holy shit. Moment. Right. Right. But um, the gameplay is incredible too. It's super smooth. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just a lot of people have been saying game of the year, and I think that's, you know, as quick as that, like, is <laughs> of a judgment, like, yeah. it, it should at least be in contention. Yeah, which, I mean, just from what we were seeing isn't isn't too surprising, I would say. Pretty crazy to think of, like, a racing game up for game of the year, right? Yeah. Like, I, it's just not something that I would typically think would get that sort of recognition so i think that speaks volumes um and go ahead. I, I think for what it's worth like it is an exploration game too like i've done very few races in this game i've just been driving the map right that's true. and I, i've done some races i've done some of the challenges on the side just kind of on the way but i've 
most of the time just been finding myself driving around with with different cars and mm-hmm. you know but you are relegated to your car the entire time correct yeah like you can't get out right so i always just in my head uh call games like that racing games even though yeah that's fair because like the crew was like that the crew you could drive around and explore all kinds of stuff and uh yeah, there was like, you know, a set of however many races in total that that were like, quote unquote, the story, but then outside of that. But um, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm extremely jealous. Um, I think everything I've seen online, I don't think I've seen a rating under an eight for it. Um, I want to say I haven't seen one under a nine, but I, I, I'm not 100% sure about that. But I'm, I'm pretty positive I haven't seen anything below an eight. Um, and yeah, just just from people who are big in in the games industry that I follow um, really haven't heard anything bad about it. Just all good stuff. Um, Yeah. Would you say that you feel like it's pushing the, like the hardware? Like, you Um, know, you got to play like, you know, think about like Forza four and, you know, playing that on the, one x yeah and now playing this on the and playing forza 5 on the series x does it feel like this massive jump or do you feel like you're not really seeing much there yeah i would i would say so um and i say that again when i was when i first started playing forza horizon 5 had you asked me that question i probably would have said probably not Mm -hmm. but the more i've thought about it the more i've played it and going back to my statement earlier, I'm playing on the quality mode. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing at 30 up to 30 FPS and it doesn't even feel like it. Like it feels like at least 60. And I don't think that's something that would, I don't think you would get that on like the Xbox one or the mm-hmm. Xbox one X even. Okay. Um, Cause that's what, I mean, like to me, that's what like Forza like always seems like. It seems like the thing that's going to like, really show off the true power of the console it's on same, yeah, same I, with like how gran turismo is for sony like it really just helps you like actually see like how how capable the machine is like graphically and stuff like that yeah i would i would say it's definitely a case for it and it doesn't ever seem like and i can say this first about any game i've played on the series x it does not seem like the hardware is struggling at all mm-hmm. um you know you never you never hear it you never hear it the fans kick on or or anything there's just never a moment that's like that um i definitely think it can be used as a case for previous gen versus current gen i saw digital foundries video which a lot of sony fanboys were hating on because like all they could point out was that on the series x version there's way more um shrubbery okay um okay and it's like yeah fine whatever but like you're also watching it on whatever hardware you're watching it on so if you're watching it on your phone like you're kind of constrained too yeah and i i I love i love digital foundry don't get me wrong i hate when people post their videos on twitter without audio because you have to listen to them explain because like your local hardware is not going to do it justice Mm -hmm. like of course you're not gonna be able to tell the difference between a one x and a series x if you're just watching a video you know other than you know, uh, field of vision or, 
or draw distance or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say it's a good case study for it. It's not the first game that made me say, wow, we're in a different generation. Um, I kind of think flight sim was the first one to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there are just some, so, like the lighting and flight sim is just insane. The reflections, um, just how massive the game is. Um, but I think as far as getting sucked into a game, Forts is a good case study for it because like the low, there's like no load times. Like I said, I'm jumping in and out of quick resume, um, and you're just you're just playing like it's seamless between driving around, doing like adventure stuff in the game, mm-hmm. and jumping into a race. Um, it's it's been a I keep saying case, but like it's a it's a good case for <laughs> that aspect of it. Like, yes, it's it's graphically impressive. The gameplay is impressive, but it's definitely bringing out the feature of the current gen. This isn't just Xbox, obviously, but like the load times just. It's it all feels seamless. Yeah, like it feels like you're actually driving around a section of Mexico at a festival and kind of going to different events and. I've, I, I've found myself in the past with racing games. Like I do one race and then I'm done. Right. Cause like through all the races over, I have to wait for load times. So and now I'm just plopped in the middle of wherever it, 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 it spawns me. Mm-hmm. So would you say that this is a game that's like worth like this, this is, hmm, I don't want to say this. Cause I, I saw people saying that like, this is the first game they felt was like, you should buy an Xbox. Like, if you're like if you were hesitant before, now that Forts is out, you should buy an Xbox. Would you agree with that assessment? Do you think? I know you said Flight Sim. Um, I think Flight Sim is kind of niche, mm-hmm. right? That's what I was gonna say. I, like, do you think I've Forts is easier the, to pick up? Yeah, I've talked about the sentiment before that it, it seems like I've I've seen on the internet all over the place that people like flying to every house they've ever lived in and then they never <laughs> pick up Flight Sim again. <laughs> Um, which I, I completely get. And I feel like that's probably a good consensus. I just have gotten really interested in flying since playing flight sim. Right. Um, so I enjoy picking it up, you know, relatively frequently, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think this is, this is the, uh, this is what would, if I didn't have an Xbox already and I were borderline, this would probably be the game that would push me over. And I would probably even get it for Series S based off of what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I personally can't, you know, say what it looks like, but from what I've seen again from like Digital Foundry, it's really not that far off. I mean, you're basically forced into performance modes, so like you're still getting 60 frames, mm-hmm. you're still getting up to 1440p, um, which, you know, for most people, that's going to be fine. I I personally don't see much of a difference between like some of the upper levels of HD and, and 4K. Um, I also don't have this super insane TV with you know the, the pixel density that would really uh, highlight that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I didn't have an Xbox, this would probably be the game that would push me over. I love it. Very jealous. Very jealous. I've said it before. I'll probably say it a million more times before I finally get my hands on an Xbox. But it would it would also surprise me if Sony didn't see this and make some sort of equivalent for Gran Turismo. Yeah. 
And I think it would be good. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Forza has the experience, but you know, I think Sony could make a very capable adventure style Gran Turismo game if they wanted to do that. Which would be they probably go ahead. I'll say they probably wouldn't. Just knowing Sony. Yeah. But well we'll see, because you know, with all this backlash surrounding Atlas and the whole Shin Megami persona, you know, it's tough to make a spin off of, of an original and, and have fans be there for it. So <laughs> True. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of Gran Turismo, um, I'm gonna I'm I'm put I'm I've put my fist down and I've come to the conclusion that I will actually be buying this game and and playing it and wow. Uh, because one, I want to like experience it, and I haven't really played too many. Uh, or two, I haven't played a lot of Gran Turismo. Uh, my my father, old Sparky, is a big Gran Turismo fan. Um, mm-hmm. So the last one that he had, I don't think he had the one for PS4. I remember him having the one for PS3. He definitely had the one for PS3. Um, but yeah, like now that I saw Forza, I'm like, hopefully, I know Gran Turismo is like more, like it's trying to be more um, realistic and, and such. But I just want to drive nice looking cars and go fast and have it look as beautiful as possible. Right. So. Fair. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see what that game is, is going to look like. Grand Turismo that is. Yeah. And also it will just give us the ability to kind of like go back and forth on, um, you know, on the, on the two. I know, like you said, Forts is more or Forza Horizons more like the adventure because Forza is its own main line that is like the realistic, right? Yeah, they have Forza Motorsport, which is what I would consider to be like the Gran Turismo direct competitor. When was the last time that came out? Uh, Gran, or Gran Turismo. <laughs> Forza Motorsport 6. It was Xbox One. I'll Google it real quick. Okay, so basically they probably do. They do one of each now per generation, basically, or that, that assumption could be made. Yeah, yeah, I think there was, I mean, there might have been multiple. Yeah, I mean, if there's been six already, then they, they had to have doubled up some. Maybe there were seven. Oh, wow. Okay, I think there was seven, sorry. Yeah, they, they do a couple per generation. I think they only do, I think it might be switched this year. Like, I could see them doing three Forza Motorsports or Forza Horizons for this generation and two Forza Motorsports. That's just nuts. Because for Xbox One, let's see. I think they did five, six, and seven for Forza Motorsport. Forza Motorsport 5 was 2013. So that would have been right at the beginning, right? That was a launch title. And they did six in 2015. And then seven in 2017. So they were doing it every two years there. Yeah. And then I know Forza Horizon 4 was 2018. Oh, they did do two for, yeah. So they did two for Xbox One. Okay. They did one in 2016. So every year a Forza game is coming out, essentially. Yeah. Not surprising that they then, I'm guessing they probably reached the end of the hardware limits. 
and that's probably why they didn't make others between 2019 and now until the new Forza Horizon came out. Yeah, that and makes they sense. There could have been such a big development gap too, and the fact that they had developed had to develop it for Xbox One and mm-hmm. Series X. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. That makes sense. So basically, a, a Forza Motorsport game should be coming out m- more than likely next year. It's probably a yeah. pretty, pretty safe assumption slash guess. I think there's already been some degree. Yeah, it was announced during the show Xbox Game Showcase in 2020. Cool. So that that's probably safe to say it'll be out next year. And I'm going to guess it's probably going to be just Series X and Series S. That's probably a pretty safe guess. Well, dope. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying Forza. What? Anything else? Did you have? Were you a fish? Some more? Um, just after we recorded last week, um, and I didn't play, but I watched Justine play. Mm-hmm. Um, we played Clue, the board game. Oh, yeah. This is just the good game, bad game podcast, not the good video game, bad video game podcast. So we You're can talk absolutely board games. right. You're hey, I wasn't. I listen. I was just saying. Oh, I was. I was. Uh-huh. Just, I was shocked. That's like Justine's favorite game. So she asked me to play the other night, and we played a couple games. It was nice. It's a good one. It's a good game. Yeah. Certainly not a bad game. Nah. And now we've talked about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, um yeah other than that i think i think that's it i think i've basically just played forza that's awesome <laughs> and probably will just play forza for the next decade <laughs> i love it i love it well that was a long time talking about my week what'd you play <laughs> be quick because we got to move yes sir sir yes sir uh i also played a racing game i for the first time ever i played a game out of spite because i couldn't play forza so i'm not joking i'm dead i'm dead serious right now i've been playing need for speed payback because i had it for free through playstation plus that's the beauty of playstation plus and like racking up all these games is that you see a game come out and you're like i'm in the mood to play a game like that and then you go, I bet I have one. And then you do. Um, so I've been playing Need for Speed Payback. And f- also for the first time in my life, I think I'm getting a platinum out of spite because I just need to go around and get some collectibles. <laughs> uh, I'm literally two trophies away. I was trying to get it done before the podcast just because I thought it was hilarious at that point. Um, and I wasn't able to do it, but... Um, after the podcast, I'll probably get it done. So next week. Um, and then other than that, I've been playing. Oh, but real quick, actually, I want to talk to just one person directly out there in the world. The person who made the requirements to three star, like the speed runs and the drifting and stuff like that in, in, uh, need for speed. Um, just want to say Mike and I are here for you. Uh, I'm sorry that somebody hurt you in such a way that you felt the need to backlash and hurt others. Um, and so if you ever need to talk about it and you want to make games easier next time, just let us know. 
I mean, they didn't call it Need for Speed Payback for nothing. It was brutal. Brutal, I tell you. Like, speedrun is like you have to maintain a certain amount of speed over a distance. And like, or else your car blows up. <laughs> yeah, you're in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like every time you're like at the speed, at the speed, at the speed, and then you hit a car or like a car yeah. swerves into you or like whatever. Um, and it was just so brutal. <clears throat> um, but I did it. And honestly, one this is going to be one of my more rewarding platinums, believe it or not. Proud of you. Yeah. So thank you. Um, outside of that, Shelby and I played more totally reliable delivery service. And nice. we platinumed that. And nice. that was a very fun game. I 100%, I've said it the past couple of weeks this will be the last week i say it i i recommend it for for you and justine to play i think you guys would enjoy it um and what else no mlb don't worry um oh super mario sunshine been playing that that's about it And the Super Mario Sunshine emulator is working fine because Super Mario Sunshine was in the Mario Superstars, 3D Superstars with Mario 64 and uh, uh, Super Mario Sunshine. It's not and it's not the emulator technically. I don't. Well, I guess technically it is an emulator. I don't with- know. 4K upscaling. No, it still looks like the same GameCube game it was. Sweet. Classic Nintendo. We'll talk all about Nintendo in just a little bit. But first, at the top of the episode, I I baited people. You got baited. Because, uh, you know, as always, um, Xbox is constantly threatening to just buy up your favorites your least favorites all that stuff um and you sent over an article that just basically just doubles down on that uh phil spencer uh wants xbox to buy the world is what this article is titled um and uh it says the team isn't targeting a quota but if he can buy the moon as well he would like to do that so there you have it wrap it up uh microsoft xbox are looking to just take it all phil spencer confirming that life is a simulation <laughs> and he will own that simulation yes well xbox will own that simulation i wouldn't um, even be mad at that point <laughs> i think they would handle it pretty well um you know you just have to you you you'd automatically be enrolled in Game Pass Ultimate and have access to every game under the sun. Yeah, they would um they would enroll you uh via injection. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Simple as that. Uh in all seriousness, the article says that Phil Spencer wants casual and social games acquisitions for xbox um he wants to invest more in casual content not the moon unless there's a game about the moon and it's casual it's for you filthy casuals out there 
Um, Curb, Kerbal Space Program. Is that a casual game? Isn't that game like I don't, ridiculously hard or something? I I got it because it was on sale, and uh, I can't figure it out. <laughs> um, I don't know if that says but, anything. <laughs> I think also published by Take Two. So uh, Phil Spencer purchasing Take Two confirmed. Oh, that's right. Take Two's having that dumpster fire. That's right. I totally forgot yeah. about that. That was the end of last week's episode. That was the breaking news. I haven't heard anything in a while, but now that I've racked my brain, I think that after that meeting that we uh, talked about at the end of the last episode, I think they said nobody was getting laid off. Oh, that's good, at least. And that the studio was still going to remain intact. So we'll, yeah. if I know anything about the gaming industry, that means that everyone will lose their jobs <laughs> and, the, and the studio will be shut down by year end. Uh, R.I.P. Good old gaming industry. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. It never changes. It it says it changes, but it always stays the same. It's that it's that X that goes, I've changed. But you know they haven't. They still have the Coke addiction. And you just can't put up with it anymore. Nope. Um Yeah, so Phil Spencer said that uh quote, when I think about the kinds of genres that are usually associated with Xbox, yes, we have Roblox, we have Minecraft. We have FIFA and Fortnite, but we want to continue to invest in more social, casual content that's out there. Um, I didn't really, like, think about it. This goes for, like, Sony as well, because um, I can't really think of anything. But, like, if you were to say, like, oh, what's a first-party casual game from from either, really? Uh, well, I, I can't think of anything. Minecraft would be the main one, probably. Yeah, um, guess who owns that? That's Microsoft, yeah. But but outside of that, like The Last of Us isn't very casual. It's the opposite. If I if I were to go out on a limb, I yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Like, are, are are they aiming more like Donut Country or like Untitled Goose Game, like things like that? That would that would be kind of my guess. Yeah, but. He does put the caveat of social. So, you know, I would think more like uh, metaverse. Yes. Um, sweet baby rays. Are we just saying buzzwords at this point? Seems like it. Um, so I would think they're like talking more like, you know, Minecraft and, and Fortnite, like he points to games like that, where it's like either, you know, an online like PVP type game. Or, uh, but I mean, I don't know. PVP games can be not so casual. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I think what he's what he's saying. If I can read between the lines, if you take the first letter of every word in that quote, uh, you get "We are going to buy Telltale." So it sounds like Xbox will be pumping out Telltale games for the foreseeable future. Yeah, makes sense. And Square Enix, so they can um, make life as strange. I really, I really hope nobody buys Square Enix. I really hope nobody buys Square Enix. I really hope nobody buys Rockstar. I really hope, like, I don't. Ubisoft, this. Right, we're good. All right. We're good. <laughs> Help out the small guys, um, which is what this sounds like. It sounds like. Uh, 
he basically goes on to say that he's pretty happy with like the the people that they've gotten to work alongside of um microsoft um but basically just wants to to keep going which is not surprising obviously Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like microsoft has been taking good steps in helping smaller developers i know like during the xbox 360 and uh early on to like probably midlife for the uh xbox one that a lot of any developers had problems with developing on Microsoft. They said it was a pain in the ass. It didn't really help them. They took a lot of profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they're still kind of working to, to be a better platform for that. And I think we have seen that shift. Like I feel like I've seen more in, uh, indie developers saying that the PlayStation's more of the pain in the ass now, which is pretty on brand <laughs> um, for 2020 and beyond PlayStation. Probably even say 2015 and beyond PlayStation. That damn cuck Jim Ryan. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. <laughs> Bring back Sean Layden, dude. That I, that would honestly change things for them. But Sean Layden's like, nope, I'm good. It's like any president ever. Well, most presidents ever. Yeah, I mean, come back for a third term. No, I mean Pete Carroll. Okay. Pete Carroll knew that the 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 crosshairs were on him, and so that's why he left USC and went to the NFL. You know. Right. What's to say Sean Layden didn't see some of these inevitable issues about to crop up and was just like, I'm going to get out of here before I'm the bad guy. It seems like he had mentioned that earlier before we get too off topic. Yeah. But I think we read an article about that once. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to come back. I don't mean either. You, Reggie did the same thing with Nintendo. Yeah. We, we've seen it before. We'll see it again. Uh, when Phil Spencer steps down, or moves on, that's going to be really scary. Because Steve Ballmer will come back. Because... <laughs> no, they're going to get the guy from uh, from Blizzard who was like, don't you guys have phones? Because he's really good at working with people. I don't know his name. That's how little I care about him. But yes. Roasted. Seems right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like um... you said, Xbox has definitely gotten better at this, so it's not surprising. Um that they're going to look to to continue capitalizing on these efforts. And yeah, I mean, as great as uh, the, the big acquisitions can be, I think helping out the smaller guys and getting some of these like um, passion project games that people work on out there to the public a little more easier mm-hmm. is is better. So... I'm I'm pretty confident this is not going to be the case, but it would be nice if they could, and, and they they kind of go in and out with with doing this. But the first when I when I read this, first thing I thought was mobile games. Okay, it would be nice if they could make mobile games that weren't just like bullshit pay to win games or like loot crate based mobile games mm-hmm. things like that tower shooters whatever they're called like um like clash and you know those types of games so they tried that with like gears pop which is now either shut down already or being shut down love that um but it would be nice if they had like actual obviously more casual games coming to mobile natively rather than via cloud i doubt that's going to happen i think you know 
bigger developers just don't give a shit about you know mobile games anymore which is fine yeah but interesting to think about i don't think this is referring to mobile gaming but i would kind of enjoy it if it did definitely i mean it wouldn't be surprising i agree i don't think that's the case but i mean it wouldn't be surprising to see microsoft continue to outstretch the the tentacles into other pools and so won't be surprised if, if they inevitably do start to put more effort into to mobile games mm-hmm. um but yeah this definitely sounds like couch co-op and you know i've got a couple hours just got off work let's i just want to chill out play something those types of games yeah. it sounds like um, which is exciting. Uh, always, always love to hear that people still care about those games and that it's not just all Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. So, but speaking of Call of Duty, yes, man, Vanguard. I'm like 30 hours in. I'm loving every minute of it thus far. How about you? Uh, yeah, same boat. <laughs> many, many, many hours. Um, 360 no scopes aimbot zero issues and it honestly is a totally different game than the last one probably yeah, don't even know what the last one <laughs> i was who cares? i was buying time but yes i don't know what the last one is was it black ops allegedly no was it or cold war yeah cold war sounds right is cold war just black ops is it black ops cold war very well could be shut up all right (laughs) goodbye credibility let's oh no we don't we oh no we don't play call of duty what's gonna happen people people are gonna know we're not true gamers come get us woke mob yeah or whatever you're called (laughs) yeah chris Anyway, enough. We t- we take shots. I feel like we take shots at Call of Duty any chance we have, and I love it. Somebody's funny. Somebody's got to. I enjoy it. I just um, love like I- I'm glad people enjoy it, and I'm glad course. that you know people can make a living playing it. But like, it's also funny to see the people who are doing that and the personalities being like, "This game is dog shit." Pays the bills. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, I can think of a very specific person that comes to mind and (laughs) constantly he's saying like, wow, this is so bad. This needs to be better. Anyway, going to be playing it for eight hours tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Respect, you know? Um, Yes, of course. Obviously I am happy if people are happy playing that game. Um, It's just fun to take shots at it. Pun intended. Um, all right. Anything else on Xbox or shall we move on to the uh, latest acquisition? <laughs> yeah. There's soon to be acquisition. Uh, the $50 uh, elephant in the room. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, yes. No. Nintendo. Um, first, the bad. Let's start with, let's get the negative out of the way. Um, 
We talked about it when they had their Nintendo Nintendo Direct. Slurring my words, excuse me. Um, that they announced the uh, Nintendo sixty four Virtual Console and the Sega Dreamcast Genesis. No Genesis. Genesis. Thank you. Um, and that those were going to be released in an upcoming update and uh the there would be a price increase to the 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 membership uh which at the time we didn't know what it was going to be i forget what you and i speculated it might be i i want to say we were in the range of like maybe like ten dollars fifteen dollars more that sounds right i think but i'm not 100 percent sure well we now know it's fifty dollars um not more fifty dollars total for 12 month which isn't bad um when you really like get down to it, like in terms of like pricing, um, it's still less than a year of uh, PlayStation Plus. It's still less than a year of Game Pass or um, Xbox Live, which mm-hmm. Xbox Live is still a thing, right? Yeah, because everyone bitched for some reason. Um, but yeah, so... Um, and it's seventy nine ninety nine if you want to do the family membership. Um, and again, that price increase. Now, where you can kind of break it down, though, as to in terms of like, is it okay? The fact that you go from a $20 a year to $50 a year, and all you're getting is a few Nintendo 64 games and some Sega Genesis games... Um, not sure if that is really worth the extra $30. And you don't have to. You can just stay at the $20 a month. You just don't have access to those games. I think this expansion also comes with... You automatically get the um, Animal Crossing uh, paid DLC lumped in with it. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to look real quick. Um, I don't know what the... DLC, if you can, I'm guessing you can still buy it separately, correct? That was my impression. I actually, I don't know. This is kind of making it sound like, oh, purchase it separately. Okay. Which separately it is. Come on, Animal Crossing. God, this is why nobody plays you anymore. Uh, twenty four ninety nine. So, having it lumped in at no extra cost for basically the first year of this pass isn't that bad when you think about it. But regardless, to me, it seems like a bit of a stretch to make it fifty dollars for just a few Nintendo sixty four Sega Genesis games, and then you can couple that with the fact that the games currently run like dog shit. Um, couple of different outlets were showcasing the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and the game actually runs better on, I believe it was the Wii version that they released. Um, that was just like the emulator. Um, like had a better draw distance and uh, like better fog detail and stuff. Um, and essentially it just runs like dog shit on on the Switch right now, and. Um, there are a lot of issues with like the, the audio and, um, uh, 
I don't know what that would be called. It's essentially lag of the game um, that causes a lot of it to end up getting like distorted and such. Interesting. Um, so, and that was uh, that was showcased, I believe, in Super Mario sixty four and Mario Kart sixty four. Um, what I find interesting is because we talked about this at the top. I'm pretty sure the I'm pretty sure Super Mario sixty four that was in the uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars bundle. Um, I'm pretty sure this would be the same game um, because they did nothing to make the game better. Um, so it's still just the the Super... Uh, the Nintendo 64 version that came out all those years ago. Um, so I'm kind of confused as to why it's having issues all of a sudden. But maybe because it's technically being run over like cloud or because you don't have to like individually download the games right oh i thought they downloaded oh well then yeah so actually actually i know they do because um we've played them in the car before yeah so that's confusing as to like why that one's having issues um but yeah i'm guessing it's probably like a bug in the code repository that holds the nintendo switch online version yeah i mean that would have to be so but did nobody test this i because like this is a this is i i i don't know i haven't i almost got it for myself because i was super excited about having the nintendo 64 emulator mm-hmm. um but like this is a pretty widespread issue right like this is just it, this is just something that is it's not just random right right and so i yeah i i can't remember if the Nintendo, like the Nintendo Switch Online, when it got the like NES and stuff like that, I can't remember if those similarly had issues. But even if they did, at the time, those were coming to you at no extra cost, so not really the end of the world if they're not working, um, because you already would have to pay for the online alone, and so you were just getting it as like an extra benefit for having the online. Right. Um, but the fact that you have to like you have to pay to upgrade for these and they don't work is kind of bullshit. Like it's it's really really bad. And you know that Nintendo is not going to do anything to alleviate it for the people who have purchased it already. Like right, there's not going to be any sort of like refund or like loyalty benefit to like have have had having it like right away. Um, yeah, you know for a fact they're not going to do that. And, and there's been a lot of outcry for by people like for them to lower the price because again it kind of seems like ridiculous it seems very high um either lower the price or come out with a plan for more games coming out without changing the price you know like which will happen like more more nintendo 64 i mean because they they kept updating the nes and snes stuff so more games will be added to the library they said that that there would be more but that's the other thing you're barely getting any games right now i think there's like nine maybe ten yeah and a lot of them like who cares right you get you get zelda which is huge and then you get some of the like mainline mario but like yeah uh just just very bizarre but very very bizarre but but very uh on par for for nintendo but it's just yeah. all it's just also strange how they're going about it 
or again, it's strange, but not surprising to, to keep contradicting myself. Um, and yeah, basically they've just said, we're going to try and fix it and make it better. Um, so it'll be interesting though, if they come up with a plan of like, yeah, you can be at this tier and like, cause we're going to eventually add GameCube and, uh, I don't know, an, uh, more like another system to it and, and give you, uh, games from that. And, and those will be covered under the $50 as well, but we'll see. Bold, so. bold, bold to move, bold to move all the way up to 50. Like you could have just done increments of like 10, you know, like you could have moved it from 20 to 30 for the Nintendo 64. Once you wanted to add GameCube games, if they're going to be able to, cause the GameCube might be like the PS3 where it's like hard to, uh, bring those games mm-hmm. over to a newer console. But I, I don't know for a fact could be completely talking out of my ass. Um, but like you could have moved it another $10 there and, and then so on and so forth. But I kind of wish they would do an a la carte model. That would also be cool. Like, and I think you could do $10 per system because I think the value of what you get is subjective. So like I personally probably wouldn't pay $10 to have the super Nintendo emulator. But Justine really likes Super Nintendo, so that that's a, an appropriate value for her. Right. And then, like for the Nintendo sixty four, I would pay ten dollars for that, but maybe Justine wouldn't. So I think if you make them all ten dollars, you kind of I think that's fair. And then, you know, let's say you want the um, Nintendo sixty four emulator, but you don't really care about the Genesis. Well, okay, add ten dollars for Nintendo sixty four, and you just get access to that. Right. I think that would have been a smarter way to do it. I mean, I under, I understand why they're doing it the way they are, but it would be nice if they did it that way. And then kind of going into what you said, instead of paying $50 up front for something that, you know, may or may not be delivered, you know, because if they're promising they they might add uh, GameCube to this for this subscription price, like that's, that's great. But why am I paying for it now? And I was just floating that out there as like to what you were saying where it's like they have to come up with some sort of remedy. So like for the fact that it is $50 because like if this is all you're getting, but again, like if you lump in other systems down the line as into this price, then sure. But also like you said, why move it to 50 now? Just weird. Just weird. You know, but that's Nintendo. They're if anything, they are not traditional. I almost kind of wonder, and this is kind of going into the the next thing we're going to talk about. I wonder if they decided to make it 50 up front. So then when they're talking to shareholders, and I didn't read this in the shareholder notes, but I just, it's 20 something pages and I just glanced it before we started uh, recording. But maybe they're saying, okay, we're going to make all of these investments, which we're about to talk about uh, in Nintendo online or in Switch online, whatever it is. And, um, you know, our game development tools, et cetera. Well, we can basically say every Nintendo Switch Online subscriber that we currently have 
we can get an extra fifty dollars in revenue from, and that's how we're going to fund this project. Mm -hmm. I see them doing it that way because of, you know, because of that to get more um, shareholder buy-in. But who knows? Just a theory. Yeah, no, I mean, knowing how business works. Yeah, that's certainly a, a solid working theory. Um, but yeah, to jump into the next thing, um, basically because of how well the switch is doing, Nintendo feels like it's in a position to bully its way with its money, you know, can kind of push and shove around a little bit. Um, and so IGN, uh, released an article that basically said they're not ruling out acquiring companies, but basically for now they're prioritizing in-house um and i think this is something that you and i had talked about uh when back when we were talking about the wii u and and how like how many games ended up making it over to now the switch and it's like we're still like we're still missing out on like new like truly new games for the switch um like we're still Mm -hmm. missing like an actual new switch mario kart as just one example um so i think i i liked i like hearing that they're they're focusing still on like in-house um but that being said with the with the current climate of so and so just bought um it wouldn't be all that surprising to see nintendo kind of get into that i think some of the studios you know that would come to mind here, these merger and acquisition, um, merger and acquisitions are going to be for studios that, you know, if you told me they weren't Nintendo, I'd probably be surprised. Right. Um, the example that's in this IGN article, um, was for next level games, which as far as I know, have really only made Nintendo games. Right. So like, I feel like if they're going to be purchasing anyone, it's just going to be these studios that they have worked with historically and haven't, you know, have allowed to be independent. Um, Which is a lot of what we're seeing just in general. We're seeing a lot right. of relationships becoming, all right, you're just under our umbrella. And I kind of think it's going to be like a defensive move at this point. Cause like, Hey, Microsoft wants to make more, uh, casual games you know who yeah um makes good casual games next level games obviously they can't buy them because they already purchased it but just for the sake of example so this could be a cya for nintendo just to make sure they're not having studios poached right and maybe you know look at rare rare used to more or less be a nintendo studio they were always independent but they made for a while uh nintendo exclusive games and then Microsoft bought them, so I don't think we're gonna see like Nintendo buy Take Two, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> I think when they, I think, I think if these, right, yeah, I don't, and you know that one, you know, I would see a higher chance for as far as big studios go, but I don't think we're gonna see that. Okay. Um, I think it's just going to be studios that, like I said, you you'll see the news and be like, oh shit, I didn't realize they they didn't own them already, right. So, but, but yeah, as far as, um, you know, using money to develop, 
their studios, um, their in-house ones. That's, that is really exciting. Um, I, I think it kind of needs it. Uh, obviously like every generation, regardless of, um, console sale, um, um, success or not. I think every Nintendo generation, you get a, a handful of games that are just kind of iconic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I feel like that that's kind of slowed down. Um, in my opinion, since probably the Wii generation, I want to say the GameCube generation because I that's kind of when I stopped buying Nintendo. Mm -hmm. uh, DS too, I guess for if we want to include. But look at like the Wii U and the 3DS. Like there's a bunch of who the hell cares yeah. games that came out as far as like Mario goes, like these big first uh, party games. Um, so it's exciting for them to you know say we've done well with the Switch. We have. Uh, Breath of the Wild, which was fantastic. Uh, we've got another Breath of the Wild on the game. We want to, or on the horizon, uh, we want to be a little more consistent with big games that we're putting out like that. So that's exciting. As you know, someone who just bought a Switch yeah. six years, never that, into the life cycle. That's the thing. Like the Switch is like, it's it's already good. Like it already has a pretty good game library. Um, I can point to to a handful of like you know must plays you know a lot of mm -hmm. people I, I i myself have not played breath of the wild all the way through yet but like breath of the wild would be a good one um obviously super mario odyssey like if if you're gonna have a mario game um and not just have it be like the the typical side scroller odyssey that's your game um right. but it's it's where we haven't gotten some where it's like you know we have a mario side scroller but it's not it's not technically new it's not specifically for the switch um it's it's stuff like that um and yeah I, I i want to see them you know fully capitalize on the switch and and really make it you know contender for best console of all time uh which which i think it's there it has the ability you know it's versatile it's 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 the first of its kind, uh, basically. And so they just gotta, they just gotta, they have to hit it home and they haven't quite done it yet. And this, this basically seems like we kind of see it and we're going to do it and we're going to, we're going to hit it home. So hopefully that's yeah, the case. And, and as far as we know from, um, the quarterly meeting notes, there's not really a new Nintendo, a next gen Nintendo console on the horizon. Like, obviously, it's going to come. Um, they didn't give a year. They just said, you know, within the next century, basically, there's <laughs> going to be one. But um, as long as the hardware is is keeping up with the games they want to develop, I don't, I don't see a need for them to put out a new one. Um. I, mean, I just don't think it's important. Like I, the 4K, I mean, we've I've I've ranted about this before. Like I don't think that's important for the Switch. Like we play our Switch all the time on a big 4K TV, and like never once have I been like, man, I I wish the resolution were better. Yeah, yeah, and um, real quick, we we bring it up all the time. I always forget though. Um, the Switch came out in 2017. So, like, the earliest I would expect to see, like, an actual, like, new line for Nintendo wouldn't be for a couple of years still. Anyway. Yeah. 
but but they're not even done reaching the full potential of this thing that's the thing so i hope we don't see one for for quite some time um and yeah i don't think it's ever really been important for for nintendo games to be like they're not supposed to like visually take your breath away it's how they play it's the story Mm -hmm. that they build you know oftentimes it's not like they make it's not like they're making like realistic looking uh legend of zelda you know what i mean like it has its art style you make it beautiful with the with the hardware you have that's that's the key um so they don't really need to do too much in that in that regard and um you know so i don't want to see them shift focus to that i want them to stay with what they do well and continue doing well that's how they have their own little corner cut out in the gaming market um, because they are unique in what they do. And so they just got to keep doing that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they're going to lose with time is third party games because, you know, developers are going to be making games that are so far out of what the switch can do. So they're just not going to develop it for the switch. Will but I, I go ahead. I, I just hope that Nintendo embraces that because yeah. I mean, I, I think for most people, and, I, and I'm speaking for myself who has, you know, a Series X. So, like, obviously I'm not going to buy, like, Doom on the Switch. Um, but, you know, even the people that I know that the Switch is their only console, they have Nintendo made, like, Nintendo exclusive games and JRPGs. Yep. And, you know, because, the Switch handles those just fine. Right. Because that's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can't. I I would go out on a limb and bet that the average Switch user doesn't care to play Doom on their Switch. Yeah. Um, and that's not like a knock or anything. That's just the like niche that you kind of fall into and the game library that's there for you. And that's why you get a. That's why you get a Nintendo console because those are the games mm-hmm. that you actually care about. And then like the first the first party games. So like, um, my question to you is going to be: so the GTA trilogy remaster is coming to the Switch. Do you think GTA Six will be on the Switch? Is that a rhetorical question? No, it's a serious one. Oh no! Was GTA Five on the Switch? No, but GTA Five. Well, I guess with the new one that's coming out, they could have technically made a Switch version by now. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, feel I like if they were gonna make a, I feel like if they were gonna make a Switch version, they would have. And I think that points to GTA six, whether or it will or will not come to the Switch. Um I think that the remasters coming to Switch is a great idea. Honestly, like you know, if I were to get this this remaster on a console, it might be the Switch. Yeah, um, well, obviously, I'm going to get what San Andreas on 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 Game Pass, but yeah, you know, I think a game like that is a is a good uh, option for the Switch. Well, it's funny because our friend Brock like asked me. He's like, "Should I get it?" And I was like, "I don't know. Do you want to play Grand Theft Auto?" He was like, "Well, I'm kind of I'm contemplating getting it for the Switch." And he was like, "Because he was like, I can play GTA in my hands." I can play handheld GTA. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, there's something uniquely appealing about that. 
Like it is, there, it's a great idea. There are days where I consider getting uh, the Tony Hawk remasters, even though I have it for PS4. Mm-hmm. I think about getting it for Switch because that seems like just the, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, but that just, it's like the perfect Switch game that's not a Nintendo game. Yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah, they just need to realize like, you know, what it is that they do well. And for the most part, they do know. And so, but they just got to keep doing that. Um, and really, the Switch still, like I said, has so much potential. Um, my favorite thing about this, uh, this uh, report is the current state of Nintendo Switch page, which is page six. And they have the graph. It's very satisfying seeing just how much the Switch has grown um, over the years. Sorry, I'm getting that page six. Okay, here we are. Yeah, I mean, it's like perfectly linear. Well, it's insane. It's literally your, it's your LTE bars on yeah. your, your data bars on your, on your phone. That's exactly how it looks. Um, it's also funny to look at the jump from, uh, looks like maybe it's, did they do this in halves? Looks like maybe second half 2020 into first half 2020 or no. God, I don't know how they split this up. It's in halves. Oh, yeah, it is in halves. There's like a huge jump between the first half of fiscal year 2021 to uh, the second half of fiscal year uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. Huge. Which, like, it seems like that's kind of a pattern, so maybe that just has to do with holidays, but still. But seeing how much it increased, uh, I imagine due to COVID. Yeah. And now imagine if they didn't have supply chain issues, what that would look like. Yeah. Yeah, they've had to they've had to limit the their um their output because of the what well, because of the um the chips yeah the the, the potato chips they don't have enough for the I workers. Think that, I think that yes yeah <laughs> that's all they feed them in those factories <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I guess the benefit of Nintendo is that they're using a chip that's going on 10 years old, so I'm sure they're pretty easy to find for the pro- for the SOC, for the system on chip. I mean, obviously, there are other um, parts that make up a, a motherboard that I'm sure they'll, they're struggling to get, but mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, it is. It, the, the growth has been insane. I, I think, um, you know, if you're interested in it, Nintendo has their um, quarterly report out there. It looks like it was published on the 5th um they they you know you don't really have to understand business a ton to be able to read it they made it very very consumer friendly i think the hardest part of it is probably just uh converting yen to usd if you're if you're listening to uh in america or you know whatever your currency is elsewhere mm-hmm. um but yeah just the, the growth is so interesting i think my favorite chart was the age chart um just the Big old green candle on twenty. It's it's like a little. I mean, it's 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 skewed as you would imagine, but the we'll we'll say the eighteen to the uh forty call it forty year olds. Like it's it's just insane. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd almost expected it expected to be a little more like skewed to the left, but 
There's a, a lot of people our age playing Switch. Oh my god, yeah, that's the that's literally the the main people playing it. Yeah. The 20 to 25 range is is the peak. And yeah, like you said, 20 or 21 roughly right in there. It's it's all the way up. Uh and then it 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 slowly it is a slow decline down down towards uh 50 plus. Um it is. It's insane to see. And it's awesome to see. Yeah. It's awesome to see like this wide of a, of a reach. I, I would love um, for Xbox and PlayStation to put out something like this to, to see. Because um, I'd have to wonder if it's as as nicely uh, distributed as this is. Yeah. Which is, yeah. again, just another like another thing that that Nintendo just kind of uniquely has. And and it could that could totally be wrong. Like Sony and Xbox could have it similar, but but if you were gonna tell me that one, I, and I had to guess one company that had you know a look like this, it would be Nintendo. I wouldn't put money right. on on Sony and Xbox to be as as nicely laid out. Um, yeah, I agree. Do you think? I wonder. Like, uh, I don't know when they like gave up on the ds and and kind of focused on the switch essentially as the handheld console that they have like it, it it's dual purpose at this point um do you think like that was something that was kind of holding them back like the fact that they were they were focusing so much on handhelds and then they were like oh crap we need to make like a new console so then they came up with the wii u and it was just this weird hybrid of a switch and wii that was just like not quite there yet um but now like the switch is their main and only focus and they're just like hitting on, on everything at this point. Um, do you think them giving up on handhelds and I'm sure that was hard. Do you think that ended up being for the better or do you think it's something that they could still maintain? I think Nintendo and honestly, the industry in general is kind of going through a weird time because the DS, you know, was blockbuster hit obviously. Um, so it was the PSP. And then, you know, you kind of get to the point where, you know, and I kind of grouped Sony into this. Sony had the PS3 and they had initially like sold the PSP and then the Vita as more, more of like a companion, like console gaming was the thing, you know, people, the game companies were just like, you know, we're not really going to focus on, on handhelds right now because people want to play video games at home. Um, I think that had something to do with it. Um, hence the Wii U that came out around that time. And that was just the market outlook was that people want to play video games at home. Uh, smartphone gaming was huge. And they were like, well, if we don't need to invest in the, the video game company uh, manufacturers, the console manufacturers were like, we don't need to invest in this line. And, you know, people aren't going to carry a smartphone that can play games and also a portable console, then, you know, we'll just focus on on handhelds. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's the Wii U. Like I said, just, you know, you, the primarily play is on the TV, but if someone wants to watch TV, you know, you can take the, whatever, the Wii U Joy Pad or whatever they call it um, elsewhere in the house and, and play a game. Um, 
So anyway, where am I going with this? I think it just had to do, I think it just had to do with the market at the time. You know, that was the sentiment was that people aren't going to carry a portable console yeah. because they have a smartphone, you know? And then I, I don't think that played out as the industry expected. I think everyone expected mobile gaming to be a lot bigger than it is. Um, and then, you know, Nintendo had the switch and honestly it was a, a, a brilliant move. I think it's kind of a, a TV console first, but you know, if mm-hmm. you can just dock it, yep. They definitely took advantage of the technology at the time with USB C. Like that was really honestly, that's what impressed me about the Switch was that like it was using USB C before like USB C was even standardized. Right. And they were using it. I, I I'm assuming it's uh some degree of Thunderbolt. I don't know. That but I also don't that, know. Yeah, but just their <laughs> their implementation of it was way ahead of its time. Right. And you know what? If it if nobody wants to bring their Switch with you, then whatever. Like it is what it is. It stays in your house. It's used the same way as the Wii U. But at least they didn't really have any extra development costs in trying to also put out a new DS. Right. At the same time as a new console, I imagine the the Switch without. Um, you know the, the the ability to be handheld, and that worked out for them. And turns out people actually are still bringing their Nintendo Switches everywhere with them, so they were able to make the Switch Lite, which is a dedicated portable. Yeah, I was gonna say it was like a bit of a renaissance for for portable gaming because people because we realized that people do like portable gaming, and Sony should put out a new Vita or something. Yeah, or just care, just care. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's like, it's genuinely impressive, like for all, for all the stuff that Nintendo still doesn't do great. And that's mainly their online stuff. Um, which is something that I think if they put the effort and time into, they could remedy. Mm -hmm. Um, it is truly incredible to see just a complete, they were dead to rights with the Wii U and to see them, you know, again, they didn't get caught up in the the war of Sony versus uh, Xbox. And and to just, you know, we're going to do our own thing. And it has worked out. I, I don't think it could have worked out any better than it has. Um, it's truly pretty awesome to see. And again, I'm just now, they're, they're, they're rolling. I just want them to, like, to, to, to finish hitting the lob. You know, mm-hmm. and we'll see. But I, I have high hopes for them. Yeah, and, and just before we kind of get off the topic, I want to find they they did come out with kind of their their framework for how they're going to be in, mm-hmm. uh, investing in themselves. Um, I don't know if they said over how many years, but this is just in the um, you know medium to long uh, future. So. I'm going off this article in Nintendo Life. In the uh, investor notes, they do have the amounts in yen and what they're uh, investing in. Um, Nintendo Life translated it into USD. Um, Sorry, I'm stalling a little bit so I can pull up the actual investor notes because I think they're a little more specific. No, yeah, you're fine. With what they're spending it on. Yeah, basically, this just puts it into to dumb American money for us to for you and I to better understand. And 
more likely than not most of our listeners. So the first section was kind of uh, building software assets. So that's games and non-game entertainment. So in games, uh, they're looking to invest approximately $880 million. Um, And these are just, you know, costs to improve their game development assets, like we kind of mentioned earlier. Um, And this goes into them growing internally, not so much using that money to buy external studios. And we, right. we already talked about that. Yep. Um, non-game entertainment, uh, you know, kind of less opportunities similar to the Mario movie. So um, Nintendo is doing more to kind of um, branch out and, and become more of a, um, a, a, a brand, I guess. Um, so this will be separate from their game business. We'll obviously kind of cross over with it. Um, but it seems from, from they were, they're kind of vague about it, but they basically just said visual content that have affinity. This is what they say verbatim pursue business opportunities that have affinity with the game business. That is to say visual content. Yeah. Um, but they're looking at spending approximately $440 million on that. So half of what they're uh, spending on games is what's going into um, this other content, which is interesting. Um, we'll see how the Mario movie does, I guess. I guess that'll kind of be the first uh, trail marker and, you know, if this is a good investment or not but right. they could obviously pivot and, and reallocate that money. Personally, I'd rather, and I, I know very little about the production costs of movie. I know they're very high, but I would like to see a little less money in that. Cause I mean, I just personally don't give a shit about it and, and put it in the games, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, yes and no to what you're saying. Um, I think if you have an opportunity to build to like world build with other media, um, and and give out like new source content that that again like you can like build off of then in games um i i like the idea of doing stuff like that um i again i don't know what they would do exactly but i don't think this attempt to branch out into this is um inherently bad and i'm i would say more so uh just kind of looking forward to see how this venture goes i don't and i I wouldn't want them to to continue sinking into it though like if it's bad then yeah i would rather see the money like you said just go towards better building games right and listen maybe i'm just a grumpy old man that never got a splinter small movie that you you promised but nintendo can make that for you mike because they just bought ubisoft Honestly, <laughs> they'd probably make better decisions than whatever the fuck is going on at Ubisoft, right? <laughs> I don't care if they make like a cell shaded cartoon Splinter Cell. As long <laughs> as it's like true to the roots, then great. We have um, we have new exciting Animal Crossing, a new exciting Animal Crossing update. A new villager has made his way onto the island. Go in through the trees and see if you can find the mysterious Sam Fisher. They would just add him as DLC. He would he wouldn't get his own game. But he's literally just like 
the guy on the dock fishing and all you can do is talk to him and have one conversation and that's it yeah exactly um yeah so that's um what do they call it building software assets so the next one they're calling a foundation for maintaining and expanding relationships with customers and within this they have maintain and expand relationships with customers okay centered on nintendo accounts and build infrastructure and continue to forge partnerships. So from all the analysis I've read from others in the industry, this has to do mostly with um, Nintendo online and just putting out that dumpster fire. Um, There's a lot of money going into this. It's approximately 2.64 billion us dollars. Um, you know, it's it's needed. Uh, I I think that when Nintendo was building this service, they weren't really expecting anyone to really care about it, and they were just kind of doing it out of necessity. But it you know turns out that people and, and maybe COVID kind of brought this about when they're trying to you know visit their friend's island and they you know can't do that because the uh, system sucks. But. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of money. Sounds like they're going to be. Um, I I almost kind of wonder if they're going to um, have a third party build out their network, which I think would be smart. Honestly, mm-hmm. just you know, have an actual networking company uh, build it out. Um, yeah, we'll see, and we'll see how that changes all of Nintendo's online services. Yeah, again, because that was like the main thing that we we started out with. So, you know, again, they realize it's an issue. And so this is them essentially saying they're hopefully putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah. And building out cloud gaming. (laughs) And building out cloud gaming. Where they will feature a cloud exclusive Splinter Cell Mm -hmm. Island Living. (laughs) Uh, so yeah. yeah all said just south of four billion dollars which is pretty impressive south of four billion dollars what would you do with four billion dollars would you expand relationships with customers or with consumers or... yeah i'd probably build out my online platform <laughs> i really really get this this podcast thing to take off huh yeah <laughs> uh we we'd call it um a video game truth social meta yeah where 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 no lies are ever told about video games no and sweet baby ray's flows (laughs) (laughs) uh all right anything else for nintendo anything at all for 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 this episode We didn't talk about metaverse at all. We other didn't. than making fun of it. We'll save that for another episode. Yeah. To say to stay timely. Metaverse. A lot of people are uh, talking about the metaverse in gaming. Uh, Microsoft has already announced some plans for for doing that, and whatever. We'll talk about it when the time comes. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, but for now, we'll keep making jabs and references to it. 
I'm mostly just making fun of Facebook because fuck them and fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. But like a lot of people are shooting down the metaverse and making a joke of it. And it's just drawing parallels to 1998, in my opinion. And a lot of people are going to look really dumb. Well, I think it's kind of a serious thing. And like, especially in gaming. That's the that's the negative to, to Mark Zuckerberg existing and and ju- like jumping on this. And so... I think it was Andy Cortez who said uh, if Henry Cavill was building a PC and we saw Sweet Baby Ray's on a shelf behind him, we would have thought he was the funniest and coolest guy ever. But because Mark Zuckerberg did it, it just sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's kind of what sums up with what you're saying about the metaverse. Like, if anybody else were the first to talk about this and really like, yeah, like we got to make this like unique experience that really just brings us all together digitally great but because it was mark zuckerberg it just fucking sucks the thing that annoys me is that like while this isn't a great case for it like i i I think the first time i heard metaverse was a, a couple of years ago but like the first real like popular implementation of it was fortnite yeah like when they they did um i think it was like the marshmallow concert or whatever in game yep like that was really like the first breakthrough metaverse moment and nobody talks about that because now like facebook has just taken over yep it just sucks (laughs) yeah but we'll see that'll be the topic of many episodes in the future i'm sure oh yeah Think about, rack your brain, dear listener. Think about all the times that Mike had to bring up Stadia. Well, soon, it'll be the metaverse. And there go our last couple listeners. (laughs) All right. Well, if you are still listening, thank you so much for listening and for joining us today. Um, I thought I had a note. I don't think i do so now this is just awkward um you can do it no this sucks um i'm crashing uh i was supposed to do a tight five to end this episode and i don't want to make excuses but my printer got jammed and so i scribbled everything onto my hand but as we got closer to the end of the episode i got really sweaty so i've just lost everything so Share this episode with your mom, and we will talk to you next week.